before listening to this podcast. Let me guess, you were scrolling through your social media feed. If this was the case, you're not the only one. 4.62 billion people around the world use social media. The most common activities on these platforms include photo and video sharing, blogging and networking. However, that's not all. Social media can also promote self-directed learning, which prepares students to search for answers and make decisions independently. I'm Michelle, and in today's podcast, we will learn how Joao, a Brazilian professor who won an award for innovation, uses social media with his students to foster critical thinking and intercultural exchange during the pandemic. Let's listen now to the interview conducted by Rebecca. The topic of today is learning with social media. And to start, I'd like to ask you to give us an overview of the projects that you have been developing in the schools, public and private schools uh, in Brazil that you have been working. So first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to share some of my experiences with education. I teach English and also arts for eighth graders at a public school, and I teach English and also media and arts for fifth graders at a private school. And I have been developing different projects for each of these groups. Uh, for example, at the public school, we have a project of cultural exchange by using technology. And another one about photography, which is one of my favorite hobbies. And at the private institution, I can work with a more projects because of the high support for this school, which makes my work easier and I can use all of my creativity. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, with my 50 graders, we study English through science. So we have a project since 2016, a very fun project called Museum of Electricity, where my students build games, robots, and toys uh, from electrical materials. And also teach in media and art at the private school. Uh, as part of that course, we use social media to make videos, take photos, and do other uh, creative things. And I try to give my best to all of my students, it doesn't matter if they are from a private or public school. For example, we play games online like Kahoot, Quizzes, Quizlet, Neopod. So in summary, I work a lot with social media, educational technology such as Edipuzzle, Fairdeck, and also games for learning. You mentioned a cultural exchange project among uh, students. Can you tell us how does it work? So this project of cultural exchange, actually the name is Intercultural Exchange, started in 2019. First, I invited two foreign people from the Netherlands and Thailand. They went to the public school and they talked to the students there. It was really fun. The students like prepared some uh, dishes and other Brazilian things to show them and they could share their, all of their culture. But because of the pandemic, when the pandemic started in 2020, so we had to change that. It could not happen here in our city. So we had the opportunity to use the technology to talk to more people around the world using video conferencing. So this project consists of online meetings where the public school students can talk to people from more than 17 different countries like Japan, India, Argentina, Germany, Italy, Jamaica, United States, Thailand, and others. Last year, this cultural exchange was broadcasted on YouTube for all public school students across the state. And it was really amazing. And that's how the, the project works. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. So the technology is helping you to connect students during the pandemic times, right? We've had a very difficult time and students could not uh, go outside. They had to use the technology to talk to their friends. So I used that moment to give them the chance to talk to people from other countries, you know, so they could make friends, but from other countries. And it was also interesting for them to understand that when we talk about English, we're not only talking about the United States or uh, the UK, you know, because they, most of them say at the public school, uh, I don't want to learn English because I, I, I don't want to travel to another uh, country. Like I, I'm not planning to travel to the United States, for example. So I don't need to learn English. Why do I need to learn English? So they could see that uh, by learning English, they can do whatever they want. They can travel, they can work, they can study more, they can uh, get to know more cultures around the world. So it was very interesting for the students to feel that English is closer to them. It is useful. Yeah, I think knowing English opens a lot of opportunities, right? To study abroad and get to know different cultures and experience a whole new world. Another thing that you mentioned is the museum. I'm very interested. Is that a virtual museum? How does it happen? The Museum of Electricity. We have this project in the, in the private, at the private school. During the last unit, we talk to the students about electricity. So they study all the components, the electrical components of a circuit, for example. They also study the importance of electricity for our lives. Uh, we also have discussions about people who don't have electricity. Most of my students, they don't know that there are places in the world, even today, where people don't have electricity. And then I ask you, how do you think they survive? How, how, can, do they, uh, how can they do things like studying, for example? So I show them some pictures of children. They use candles to study. And then they got very surprised. You know, they got very surprised when I showed them these pictures. And then at the end of the unit to have this project, the students can use their creativity to build things. It can be like a toy or a game using electrical materials and then have an exhibition in our school. So the community can, like the parents and all the students from other grades, they can come and see what the students uh, made. The students can present their projects to their parents. So it, this is how it's happened. Yeah, I think access to things that we think are basic nowadays, like uh, electricity or even an internet connection, right? We think uh, most people have access. Maybe it could be a challenge. As you say, you have to route your internet connection sometimes so you can make it happen in terms of the students using social media for learning. There are more challenges. What are the challenges that you face when you want to use technology for learning and teaching? The most challenging thing for me is adapting technology to the profile of our students. So I need to get to know them very well so I can use technology or any social media in a way that they really feel motivated and engaged in that learning takes place effectively. So uh, I, I, I try to make them understand that they are going to have fun, yes, but they are also going to learn something. And I, I think something that can help me a lot is listening to the students. What do they do in their free time? What social media do they use? What technology do they use? What amuses them? And then I try to keep myself up to date with the new platforms, new technologies that appear, the new trains, you know, 
because new technologies have cut captivated their attention a lot. So I try to use this in our favor, in their favor, in favor of education and in favor of learning. I can imagine that using social media, it's likely part of everyday life. It can be a difficult thing to think, okay, I will use this for learning and not for just having fun and laugh. I, I can see that could be a challenge. So are the students also using social media outside the, the classroom? About my public school students, they already use uh, social media regularly in their daily lives, especially WhatsApp, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, what I've been doing is try to adapt these platforms for educational purposes. So we have WhatsApp groups, for example, so you can share information, new discoveries, links, videos, games. Uh, but it's important to understand that education is not just about sending activities, you know, or educational materials through these social media. We need to understand that what our students post on social media outside the classroom can help us better understand who they are. So we can try to find ways to promote activities and discussions that have to do with their reality and that they can do it outside the classroom at their own pace, using creativity, imagination. I believe that these social media can capture the attention and we can promote more meaningful learning. But yes, as you said, uh, we have this challenge about using social media because the school has to keep all the students safe and within the law. So, for example, there are certain platforms that are not suitable for a certain age group. Here in Brazil, for example, it's not recommended for children under 13 to create an account on platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. TikTok is also not recommended for children under 12. Uh, about YouTube, the minimum age to create a channel is 13. So, yes, it's really difficult when it comes uh, to, for example, my private school students, because you need to be very careful about using these platforms. With my public school students, uh, it's easier, okay, because I can use social media more easily and frequently since they are over 13 years old. However, my private school students who are around 10, they need supervision in using certain platforms, and we need to make some adaptations. For example, uh, in our media and art classes, we can create videos on TikTok, but they do that by using an account created by me. I have created an account for us to use. So I post our videos, but I don't show their faces, for example. I cannot do activities that could expose them, you know? So I post videos, photos, but I cannot post this on social media accounts if their parents don't allow it. So I try to find strategies and activities where they don't feel exposed and they still have fun. Uh, I believe it would be wonderful if we had a version of these social media just for kids, for example, who knows, maybe they can do it in the near future. What are the policies for the use of social media in general? About the public school, uh, I just, I always have to be careful about what I post, right? Um, I cannot expose students uh, and without parents' authorization, for example. And about the private school, they are 10 years old. So this school, uh, how can I say, it's very strict about uh, using social media in the classroom, you know, because we know that students use social media outside the classroom, but it's something that their parents decide, right? You cannot do anything about that. But in, inside the school, we need to be careful about that. So students are not allowed to, for example, just surf the net, you know, uh, 
they need supervision and we need to uh, direct our activities. So if you're going to use social media, okay, but what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why? Okay, so the coordination needs to know very clear, clearly what we intend to do. So you need to plan very carefully so that we can prepare something interesting, fun, but within the law. Oh, so there is no ban in school, but more uh, like some rules that you have to pay attention when you use social media. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Okay, it makes sense. You mentioned a group on WhatsApp. Is there a group in social media, in other social medias? Here in Brazil, the most common social media used for this kind of groups is WhatsApp. Like, it's something that all of my students have their cell phones. They can answer, they can post things, they can talk more. Yeah, so the role of social media, it's more like sharing information or having discussions. But what do you think, what is the importance of using social media for learning? What are the opportunities for learning that there is in social media? And what is the advantage of using it for learning? Yeah, I'm going to give you an example. When the pandemic started here in 2020, classes in public and private schools were suspended here in Brazil. And while in private schools in my state, remote classes were immediately organized, in public schools, the students face about a year without face-to-face, -face, remote, or blended classes. So for this matter, social media became very important, you know, to keep in touch with my eighth graders from public school. So, uh, for example, we started to organize several activities, such as online English Olympic Games, in which they had to complete a series of teamwork challenges. One of the challenges, for example, included uh, recording videos to fight fake news related to COVID-19 pandemic at the time. For example, that drinking tea or sucking lemon could kill the coronavirus. It was something very common here in Brazil when the pandemic started. So my students also created posts encouraging young people to stay home, wear masks and use hand sanitizer. We created an Instagram account and shared these videos and cards there. Until today, we still have this page to share activities and other projects developed by students in our classes. So we can say that uh, Instagram, for example, proved to be very powerful for sharing ideas, knowledge, and fighting fake news. And today, we, we need to understand that our students, young people, are flooded with information for social media. And we need to help them know how to handle this vast amount of information, you know, In a, in a selective and critical way. But it's also interesting to know that when you think of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube immediately come to our mind. And indeed, I've been using some of these great social media in my classes, but there's actually a wide variety of other media to explore in education. For example, uh, in both the public school and private school where I teach, I have been using a social media app called Flipgrid. I don't know if you know it. It is a video discussion platform that helps educators see and hear from every student in class and foster a fun and supportive with social learning environment. We simply ask a question, then the students respond in a video. You know, so the students are then able to respond to one another, creating a, a web of discussion. So it's a very interesting social learning platform, and the students really love it. And students from any age group they can use the social media. Another very engaging social media is Padlet. 
It's like a virtual wall where users can post comments and media, and it can encourage collaboration and knowledge sharing. Okay, so uh, it's a, another social media that I have been using a lot, and the students like it. And uh, what I like about, for example, Padlet is that the students can discuss ideas during or outside class time. They can bring their own point of view, they can share content. And I have also uh, been using now TikTok because TikTok here in Brazil um, became very popular for creating, sharing, and discovering short videos. So I have been using this uh, social media too, but for learning. You mentioned some skills that are very important for the student in the 21st century to acquire, to develop, because learning social media can be sometimes like learning in the wild. And it's very important to be able to filter the information, what is fake or how does it look like? What are the elements that you can identify in, in a fake news, for example? It's a very important skill. Another skill is also working collaboration. So can you tell us why is that important for your students to learn how to work collaboratively? When you have this kind of project, I always help them know how to work in groups because in their lives, for the future, they will have to use these skills. They will work with other people. When you share ideas, uh, we can improve what we think, right? We can have even bigger ideas, you know? So... I really believe that for the future, we need students with this ability to work in groups so they can have ideas that could change the world. They can have new discoveries and also critical thinking. It's interesting because at the private school where I teach, we have we use the CLIO methodology. It's content and language integrated learning. So we teach English through science or arts or media. And they we always try to help them make their thinking visible. I don't know if you know this project, but it started uh, at Harvard's Project Zero. It is a very interesting approach to teach thinking. So we use a, a collection of practices, including thinking routines, to create a culture of thinking in our community in such a way that students can develop and express their thinking. At the same time, they can deepen their understanding of the topics they study. So we believe that we need this kind of students, you know, this kind of people for the future, people who can think, people who can ask questions, compare, contrast, explain a point of view, express ideas, justify predictions, suggest and present solutions for the any kind of problems that you can have in the future. So how can you um, help students to develop these skills to filter information in social media, especially regarding fake news? Uh, there is a theory that has guided my, my projects, my work, Pedagogy of Multiliteracies, first designed by the New London Group. I have been part of the group of study and research on multiliteracies, education and technology from the University of the State of Bahia. And there we uh, have understood that we need to offer our students a variety of possibilities to read, understand, discuss and produce language not only the written language, but also images, pictures, cartoons, songs, and all kinds of designs. So for example, when students read something on the internet or social media, for example, they can identify if uh, this is a kind of fake news because of the layout, the visual clues, the grammar mistakes, or they can't find reliable source. So there are ways that they can identify fake news. 
And they also, when they produce something, when they create posts, for example, for Instagram, they need to choose the right layout, color, picture, typeface to transmit the message they get. So uh, that is what much literacy is about. And there is a document here for the regulation of basic education called the National Curricular Common Base. And it says that one of the objectives of English, English language for elementary education is to help students use new technologies, use social media with new languages and modes of interactions to research, select, share, discuss, and produce meanings, but in an ethical, critical, and responsible way. So I understand that we should use technology and social media in education, not only technically, you know, but also helping students to build in a critical way cultures and knowledge with and about these technologies. So students should use technology in a critical way, not as passive users, just reading everything that they can find on the internet, but like active learners. Yeah, digital dissonance can be a problem sometimes when the students and the professors, they don't use technology in general and in its full potential. Um, another model or program that you use, more like a, like a format, it's flipped classroom that you have mentioned before. Would you like to talk about a little bit how does the flipped classroom work in your classes? Yeah, so flipped classroom is an active methodology, right? In this kind of model, we change, like we flip uh, the way that classes usually are. So instead of just presenting the content, we can invite our students to read something or watch a video before they come to our, our classroom. So they can get ideas, they can understand more about that content, they can brainstorm ideas, um, we have this platform called Edpuzzle, which is my object of study in my master's degree. So Edpuzzle helps a lot when it comes to Flipped Classroom because we can make any video interactive. You know? So how can I know if the students are really watching that video that I ask them to watch at home? You know, They can just say that they have watched it, but we don't know. So by using Edpuzzle, I can know if the students watched the video. I know if they repeated the video. They, how many times they watch the video and I can insert questions. So during the video, they watch the video and then there are moments where I ask them questions. I can also use my, my voice to ask questions. They can answer, they can type their answers. They, now there's the option for them to record uh, an audio giving the answer, you know? So I can read, I can read what they wrote. I can listen to what they said. And then when I go to the classroom, I already know their questions. I already know their difficulties, what they need, uh, in which areas they need help. Is it for self-regulated learning or the students have their own pace or they have some deadlines and they have to watch the videos with some deadline in mind? Yes. Depending on the age, we need to set some deadlines because they need to have this responsibility. But like, I never ask them, for example, uh, the day before to watch the video. I give them like one week or something like that for them to watch the video and they can watch as many times as they want. Well, it's very amazing that you got an award and I'd like to ask you to talk a little bit about this. So this award was part of Educa Week, uh, a Brazilian event created with the aim of discussing the challenges of education here in Brazil. And the award was designed to identify and recognize successful experiences in education giving visibility to projects that promote improvement in learning 
in the life of this core community. So in its third edition, the award recognized experiences working on the theme, the innovative look at educational domains. Uh, the first phase was the public vote. So the selected projects were published on the event channel on YouTube for public voting. Then the 10 most voted works were evaluated by a jury of experts who chose the winners. So I won the award in the innovation category for the project uh, Intercultural Exchange that I, I have mentioned before. Um, and uh, I was awarded a full scholarship in the course, The Teacher in the Digital Age from the Institute of Technology and Education. And I'm very happy to win this award because during the pandemic, all of us teachers did our best to ensure that education did not stop, okay? Education can not stop. So we looked for ways to reinvent ourselves. So I hope this award will motivate our students and other English teachers from Bahia, the state where I live. Thank you very much for uh, sharing a bit about how you use the social media technology tools and programs to improve your methodology. Um, that's very interesting to see. And thank you very much for sharing today with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me here and sharing these experiences. I, I hope other people who can listen to this podcast can have ideas, right, to implement in the uh, where they live. And teachers need to help other teachers, right? We need to work together. The possibilities for learning with social media are countless. It was very interesting to know about Joao's project and the tools that he's been using for fostering learning with the use of social media like WhatsApp, TikTok and YouTube. I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today and see you next time.